years old and second grade. If you guys could come up on stage, I have some questions I want to ask you real quick. Uh, so come up on here. Come up here on the stage, every, all you kids right now. I got my little chair. All right, sit down right here on the ground here. All right, second grade to two years old. Come on up here. I got some questions I want to ask you guys as we gather here today. The first question I wanted to ask is, raise your hand if you are excited about Christmas. Everybody? So why are you excited about Christmas? I'm excited because I love spending time with family. Woo, man, that's beautiful. Why are you excited about Christmas? Because you get presents. Because you get presents? There you go. Anybody else, why are you excited about Christmas? Because you get to eat dinner for Christmas. That's good, yes. Well, right now in our church, we are starting what's called the Advent season, where we are looking forward to Christmas. We're looking forward to it because that's the, the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And Jesus, as Christians, that's who we view and who we follow as our, as our Lord. But a quick question. Today the theme is wake up. And the question I wanted to ask for you is, how many of you like to wake up in the morning? All, all of you? All right. Now here's the question I want to ask. How do you guys wake up? What, do you, do you have an alarm clock? Do your parents wake you up? How do you wake up in the morning? William. I wake up by myself and watch TV. Oh, man, he wakes up by himself. How else, how else do you guys wake up? I wake up my mommy and daddy. So, so they don't wake you up, you wake them up. That's right? Is that true? She wakes you up pretty early. How do you wake up? Um, my timer. You have a timer? Hey, can you tell me, what sound does your timer make? Gling, gling. Ling, ling. Anybody else wake up with an alarm? Yes, London, how do you wake up? Um, by myself and do nothing and just do nothing every day. <laughs> <laughs> so to translate that, he wakes up and does nothing. He does nothing every day. <laughs> hey, well, right now, uh, this is the theme for today. While you guys are going to go off to Children's Church, we're going to talk in here about waking up. How we want to be people who are alive and alert and looking forward to just how you guys are excited about Christmas. We want to be excited about the coming of Jesus as well. So right now, we're going to invite you down to with Miss Shalene. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us. You guys can go head up that door right now. Give a round of applause to these wonderful kids. Oh, hey, one thing. Paolo has something he wants to say. And for Christmas, I, we can wake up our mommies and daddies. <laughs> what do you say? Oh yeah, on Christmas we can wake up our mommies and daddies. <laughs> That's right. Well, man, what a beautiful bunch of kids we have here at Skillman, and uh, so happy you guys are here. I'm going to change mics real quick. All right, can you hear me now? All right, perfect. Well, welcome to the Skillman Church of Christ. We are so happy that you are here. We are a group of believers in this church. Uh, nice people, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet are in these pews. I can guarantee you that. 
And uh, we are dedicated to following Jesus as our Lord. We are people who strive to live by faith. We want to be people who advocate hope. We want to be known as a church by the love that we have for each other and also those outside. And so we are so happy that you are here today, uh, a part of this. And as Jake mentioned, uh, we're starting, this is December uh, 1st, and for the next four Sundays, we'll be kind of orienting our sermons based upon the Advent season, looking forward to Christmas. And uh, Advent really, Advent is just a fancy word for the arrival of something notable, a notable person, a notable thing, and not- a notable event. So basically what we're doing is we're just anticipating just like a child is excited about Christmas that we saw here today. We are setting our hearts and minds and focusing our brains on being excited about what God is doing here and now and also uh, the coming of God again in the future here on this earth. So we are so happy you are here. I mean, it really, the imagery of a kid is being excited about what's to happen is perfect for this Advent season because this is what it is, leaning into something that's, that, that's about to happen that we're excited about, that brings us energy and joy. Uh, just last night, I was talking with little Mac who was up here, and it was December, it was November 30th, but we, we had a free day, and so we decorated our house. We have a Christmas tree, and the whole house is now decorated with the Christmas decor. And at the end, little Mac came up to me and said, Hey, Dad, when is Christmas? I'm so excited. How many days until Christmas gets here? And I was so happy to share the good news to him that it was 25 days away. And so I said, Mac, in a smile, I said, You're only 25 days away from Christmas. And he looked at me, and I thought I would have a big smile on his face. But then he got kind of shocked and kind of leaned back on the chair and said, Oh, that is forever. (laughs) Just the amount of excitement that a kid has at Christmas is really kind of what we're aiming for here today, to get excited again about what God is doing now, to set our minds also on what is to come. The the scripture today is going to be in, as read, in the book of Romans. The 13th chapter. So if you want to go ahead and turn there right now, we'll get get there a little bit later in the sermon. But it's on page 1765 in the Pew Bible if you don't have a Bible. And again, if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take this Bible home with you. It's yours as a gift from us to you. Uh, But we'll be, uh, the text today will be in Romans chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 11. And the title of today's sermon is Wake Up! Wake up, get excited as we begin on this uh, season of Advent. I do want to begin, though, with a story that happened uh, several, several years ago when Tara and I, we were, we were first married, and I finished, I graduated from Texas A&M University in College Station. And uh, I finished there, and then after that I went to Abilene Christian for a master's, uh, for a master's of divinity. Well, while I was there, I, I needed to get a job <laughs> because we were married and needed to pay the bills. A uh, student, you know, doesn't make a lot of money. And so I heard about this opportunity to preach at this church in a town about an hour west of Abilene called Colorado City. It's spelled Colorado City, but the secret is it's pronounced Colorado City. I learned that uh, the, the first day I was there. And it's, here's a picture of the church behind me. It's actually called the Plainview Church of Christ in Colorado City, Texas. And, and, and in fact, one of the most um, popular songs in that church 
was, you know, have you seen Jesus my Lord? You know, have you seen Jesus my Lord? He's here in plain view. Anyway, <laughs> that was the, one of the, the songs that we sing every, every, uh, every Sunday. But this is a small West Texas town called Redo City, and the church is kind of a small church. Uh, you know, I'd, we would wake up early on Sundays, and we'd drive an hour west from Abilene. We'd get to this church, and we'd have Bible class, and then we'd have the, the service after. And, you know, there was a, a range of people on, on uh, light Sundays. We'd have eight show up. <laughs> eight people were there in, in the pews. On big Sundays, we'd have 15. And <clears throat> it was you know, a very intimate uh, very, very fun time. Again, some of the nicest people you'd ever meet, salt of the earth, lie of the world kind of people there in West Texas. And uh, so it's also where I began to preach. I, I would preach there on the weekends, and it was, it was great practice for me to, to, to grow in this area. But there was this couple that was in the church. They were the, the nicest people. Uh, I can't remember their names, to be honest, but they were so sweet. Uh, they were always there. They were regulars. They were always coming. They had their, their pew that they would sit on the left-hand side. And uh, you know how people kind of remind you of animals sometimes? <laughs> you know, their, their animal was like a toad. But it was, it was a nice and beautiful toad. I mean, beautiful. Uh, and they would sit there. They were so kind. But halfway through my sermon, I would notice that they would just fall asleep. And, you know, the, the first sermon, they'd fall asleep. You know, I, I just went on normal. But then the next sermon, I'd preach again. And then the same time, they, they just fall asleep. And uh, so I was like, man, I got to wake these guys up. <laughs> you know, I'm saying something important here. And so uh, I, I would start to be very animated <laughs> with my speaking. And I would begin to speak very loud and just yell as loud as I could to try to shake these people and wake them up from their slumber. And we'd get back in the car after, and Tara would say, hey, that was, that was good, but what, what happened in there with the yelling <laughs> and the waving of the arms? And I said, well, you know, there's this couple that uh, they keep falling asleep during my sermon. And, uh, and so every time they would fall asleep, I would just get real animated and yell even louder. Uh, and eventually, uh, we had a conversation at a potluck, and they said, hey, I just want to let you know— um, we're so sorry, but, you know, we're on this highly, uh, it's this medication that's very strong, and sometimes we fall asleep during your sermon. But it's not about you, it's the medicine that I'm taking. <laughs> and, uh, so then, once that happened, uh, the medicine, I, I stopped yelling. <laughs> I think everyone else, everyone else enjoyed uh, more of the service. But isn't it the truth? You know, this is a, a story of people falling asleep in church. But could it be said that in a way, sometimes as Christians, we fall asleep while we're here? We may not have our eyes closed. We may not be snoring like the people that were there in Colorado City. But we could just be here in our body, but not in our minds. Basically, we're just walking through the motions. We, it could be said that just as these guys were asleep, we could also, coming here and now, we could also be asleep. We could have a version of spiritual narcolepsy. Sometimes we can find ourselves coming to this building, coming to the church, just because it's what we've always been doing. It's out of routine and not out of passion. Sometimes when the songs are up on the screen, we could be singing the songs with our, with our mouths and, worth, and, and, and saying them physically, but really not knowing what we're even singing about. Just not, the mind is not there. It's so true 
that just like this, this sweet couple in Colorado City were asleep during the service, we also can be asleep, not only in here, but out there, living our life, doing the things that we do. We could almost be like spiritual walking zombies, just kind of going about our duty without any purpose, just going to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and not having any intentionality. You know, churches can also be asleep. We have, you can do it as individuals, but also churches in general, we can fall victim to this spiritual narcolepsy, this spiritual slumber of being asleep in our spiritual walk. How can we tell? I mean, you know how online, if you're sick, you can go to WebMD and you can, uh, you know, fill out that, those forms, the checklist. I don't recommend it because the answer is always cancer. <laughs> even, if it's like, even if it's like a sore throat, you know, anytime you answer, like the, the, it always says you have like cancer and you're going to die tomorrow. So I don't recommend it. But you know how you, you, you have these checklists of, of symptoms that, that can tell you if you're sick with something. Well, you know, there are also signs that churches can have and individuals can have that, that point to the fact that we might be asleep. That might be, be a part of a spiritual slumber or spiritual narcolepsy. And I have some up here on the PowerPoint. Uh, one uh, symptom could be that when you go to worship and we sing, it, it, could, it, it could be a lifeless exper- experience. That there isn't any energy, there isn't any passion behind the songs that are being sung. I mean, I've given this example before, but that song, The Joy of the Lord is Our Strength. I mean, when we sing that song, it should be joyful. But sometimes, if you look and see in some churches, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. You know, it's, it's kind of that. It's a lifeless form of worship can be a symptom of a church struggling with spiritual slumber. Another one is difficulties finding volunteers. Sometimes when churches have a hard time finding people to serve, it can be a symptom of spiritual narcolepsy or, or a church that's struggling from being asleep and not alive. Another symptom is when the Christian faith has little impact during the week. It's more of a Sunday thing. It's all about coming here, but it doesn't have much impact outside of here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. If that's the case, that could be a symptom of somebody who is asleep spiritually. Another symptom is when you're so dead intent on doing the right things, faithfully doing the right things, but have little transformation in the life. You're doing the right things, but it's not making you a kinder, more gentle, more forgiving, more, more gracious person. The spirit, the fruits of the spirit are not being grown. You're doing the right things, but there isn't that transformation. That could be a symptom. Another one is being caught in a routine or a rut when you're just doing the same thing and, and you can't see a new way to do things or a new way that God is forming and working. And finally, having little to no interaction or impact with the surrounding community. I mean, these are some symptoms that if you were to go and go down and check it, it could be, uh, the prognosis could be that you are struggling or we are struggling or a church is struggling with spiritual slumber. And you know, the United States is in a place that we live at Dallas, I mean, it's, it's easy. I think we are susceptible to falling into this form of spiritual narcolepsy or, or spiritual sickness. I mean, there's a couple of things that could be causes. Number one, churches can be easily susceptible to falling asleep in affluent societies. Societies where things are easy where you have the money to pay people to do the things for you. In affluent societies, it's easier to fall victim 
to some of the spiritual slumber. Or in communities that become complacent. Within communities that are complacent, complacent is not complaining. Complacent is when you feel like you know the answer already. When you got it all figured out. When you don't need to do anything more because you're already there. You've arrived. Communities that, that, that suffer with that mentality, sometimes it can lead to being a church or individual that's asleep spiritually. And finally, another reason why sometimes churches fall victim to this, being asleep, is in groups where the affections for the past are greater than the excitement for the future. When the affections for the past are greater than the excitement for the future. And I think, I mean, if we're honest, churches, a lot of churches fall under this category because not just Skillman, but there are churches to the left and to the right of us, to the north to the south, that 30, 50, 60 years ago were full of people. I mean, this church in the 60s and 70s, it was packed full of people all the way in the balcony. And so I think it's easy for us today when we look and see, well, there's empty seats in places, there's not enough people coming. We can sometimes long for the past of the way it, the way it was, the way things used to be, and we can forget that God is still at work, that God is still doing something, that God is still alive and active, and God has plans, and there's, there's reason to have hope still today and now. And this is what we're talking about in Romans 13. Paul knew this. He knew that these are the, t- the, the churches that fall under these categories— they can have a tendency to be churches that are asleep and, and not live into full, how they can fully be. And so in Romans chapter 13, the text for today, he has a special word for the church in Rome. As we've talked about before, Romans is a book written by Paul to the church in Rome. It's a, a city that probably was pretty affluent. It's a city that, that, that had, had a lot of power and wealth. And in the first 11 chapters, he talks about theology about the very basis of our spiritual walk. And then in chapter 12, he starts talking about our spiritual life and and how it impacts our day-to-day and how we should love people. And then midway through chapter 13, midway through chapter 13, Paul basically does this. Go ahead and play this video. This is what Paul does in Romans 13. I mean, and if you like the, this is a lot the digital, but if you are a fan of the iPhone, basically in Romans 13, midway through, Paul does this. Crank up the volume. Is anybody having anxiety right now? <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> I can see some of you guys are shaking. And you're like, it's time to go to work. You know, uh, people are having like PTSD right now hearing that sound. But, uh, you know, this is the sound of waking up. Paul, in chapter 13 of Romans, looks, he's writing to his people there and he says, Wake up. The time is now. Wake yourselves up. And we uh, have this different alarms, uh, alarm clocks that you wake up to. People, people wake up in different ways. People wake up naturally. And if you have kids, usually it's the kids that wake you up, right? <laughs> like she was telling you that you don't wake her up, she wakes you up. Is that right? And I remember yeah, when I had young kids, uh, yeah, that, that was the true because when Parker uh, was two years old, uh, we didn't need an alarm clock <clears throat> in our house. 
because she would wake up real early in the morning. And uh, she was a big fan of oatmeal. And so for about 18 months there, when she was two years old to about, you know, three and a half, we would wake up from the sound of her yelling from her bed, Oatmeal! 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 It's oatmeal. She would yell at the top of her lungs, oatmeal. And so really for about 18 months of our life, that was our alarm clock. Waking up to the sound of oatmeal! Oatmeal! But Paul is telling the Christians in Rome, he's saying, wake yourselves up. Wake up! That's what Paul is saying. Don't be in a spiritual slumber anymore. We have something to live for, something to get us excited. Don't be a dead church. Don't be a dead church. Don't be caught sleeping. This is what Paul is saying to the church in Rome, and he's saying it to us here and now. Don't be asleep. Wake up. Wake up. In Romans 13, verse 11, this is what he says. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. The, t- the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. The time is now. Wake yourselves up. It's not yesterday. It's not, it's not in, in three months. But the time to wake up is now, church, now. And Advent season is leading us to that point where we are awake and fully alive. And he continues by telling us why. Why do we do it? Well, here it is in uh, verses 11 to 14. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. He's saying that, that Jesus, that God, that, that we, every day we live is a day closer to that time where, where we see God again. Every day is a day where we need to live that day like it is our last. That the time is now to wake up. The time is now, not, not in the future, but the time is now to be fully alive. And he continues, So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the day, daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. So what Paul's saying is, wake up, be alive, and realize that what we are a part of is something that changes your life. Put away the things that lead to death and embrace the things that lead to life, because now is the time sin will lead to death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let this message have an impact in your everyday life. Don't let it be a passive thing where it has no effect or no change, but let it change the way you live, the way you talk, the way you treat people, the way you love people, the way you forgive people. Let this impact your very life. And he continues, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Clothe yourself with Christ. This is how. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Be. Be alive. Be active. Let the the, the love of Christ consume you. Be clothed by Christ so that you can live with purpose and excitement and be in anticipation for what is to come. This is the message to wake up. You know, this past week, 
was Thanksgiving. How many of you had a good time at Thanksgiving? I did. I had a blast. I went to College Station. You know, uh, it's, it's a beautiful town. And uh, my family was there, and uh, my sister was there, and she had a, a newborn baby. And so at, as oftentimes mothers with newborn babies are, they wake up real early <laughs> because the babies are also awake, and they need to eat. And, and so it was early one morning, and my sister was up in the living room uh, with the baby, and little Mac decides to walk in early in the morning and hang out in the living room with my aunt, with my, my sister, his aunt. And they were talking, and my sister said, hey, little Mac, you know, it's real early. Why did you decide to get out of bed and, and come here? I mean, you could be in bed asleep right now, but wh why are you here so early in the morning? And little Mac tells my sister, he says, you know what? I was just laying in bed. And I was bored of being tired. <laughs> I was bored of being tired. So I decided to get out of bed. I was just bored. I was just bored of being tired. So I got up and I came into the living room. Here's the question. Are we bored of being asleep? Are we bored of being tired? Are we bored of living in a spiritual slumber? Are we bored by what kind of life that leads to? Because the alternative leads to life. It leads to hope. It leads to adventure. It leads to great stories. Are you tired? Just like little Mac, are you tired of being spiritually asleep? If you are. Let me show you. You know, we had the symptoms on, that we talked about of churches that might be asleep. Well, here's a list of things of, church, of a church or an individual that is awake and fully alive. And let's see if this gets you excited. Number one, this kind of church experiences times of worship full of life. When the, when, the, when the group gathers together, it's full of life and energy and excitement. And the songs that are sung are sung with joy and passion and energy. Another thing, it's easy to find volunteers to serve. If there's a need, a service project, a church that's awake has no problem finding people to help out because they're so alive and so in tune that they are there. Another one is that the faith in this type of church has tremendous impact during the week. That this just isn't the holy hour where we talk about it, but really the point of this is to prepare us for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that this right here has tremendous impact on how we live our life. Another thing is that our actions aren't just empty rituals, but they lead to spiritual transformation. They make us better people, better fathers, better mothers, better children, better brothers. The fruits of the Spirit take hold of us and they grow. And another thing is that they're not caught in routine or a rut, but they're full of creativity and innovation. It's always something fresh and new that God is up to. And finally, this type of church is a church that's involved and impacting the surrounding community in great ways. It's not separated from the community, but it's in the community, getting their hands dirty and alive. This is exciting. This is something that's not boring. This is what a church that is awake looks like. So how do we do that? How do we get there? Number one, the first is to acknowledge that we might have the symptoms of being asleep. Address it. Address that we might have the symptoms at times of being a church or an individual that's falling into the, 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 uh, the problem of spiritual narcolepsy. And the second step, as in Romans it says, is to look to Jesus. Not only look to Jesus, not only look to Jesus but look for Jesus. 
And what a perfect opportunity during this time of year. May this Christmas season be a time to remember this. To remember that the Emmanuel, that God is with us, has come. But as this God, Jesus, has promised to come back. And that God, in the meantime, is still at work. And that there will be a time where we can be hopeful that there, God will restore, restore all of this. Like a kid that's waiting for Christmas every day. May we wait in excitement and anticipation for what God is doing and what God, what, what God will do. We offer an invitation each week at Skillman. The invitation this Sunday is to be awake. To fully be awake and to be cognizant and alive and realize the words that we sing, that, that the scriptures, let them impact our heart. We'll have uh, elders at the side if you need to pray with. I'll pray with them. I'll be up front as well if you have any questions about baptism or how to know and become a disciple of Jesus. But the song that we're going to sing today is a song of hope. We're going to sing Days of Elijah. Ruth Ann Prude loves that song. She'd sing it every Sunday if she could. But may we sing this song with hopeful hearts. May we have energy in life. May the walls shake with the power of our voices and the collective power of us as a community. If you need prayers again, we are here for you. Why don't you come while together we stand and sing. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, Crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. Out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. These are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant, David, rebuilding the temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as wide in your world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of jubilee, and out of silence his salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 
There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Behold, He comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. So lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. So lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. One more time. <laughs> All right, you know, you know what this sound means? It's time to wake up. And it's time for us to go out into the world and be light and be salt and do it with joy. All right, you can turn it off. I'm having, I'm having PTSD now. <laughs> but may this be a reminder of what we can be and what to look forward to. Uh, this is a wonderful season where we look forward to the coming of the Christ. So go in peace and be awake.